Welcome to Quit Bleeping Around, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve more in life. Here's your host, Christina Eanes. Hey, Super Achievers. In this two-part episode series, I'm interviewing Diane Falk. Diane is a leader who firmly believes that we all have some untapped potential and that with the right support, we can all play a bigger game and have a bigger impact on the world around us. The trick is to get out of our own way. All right, listeners, so we are on to driving personal change part two. We have Diane back where the first episode we talked about goals, setting those stretch goals, maybe even those epic goals, visioning, defining them. Well, thank you for having me back, Christina. And I'm excited to continue the conversation because now that you have the goals defined, I want to talk about how do we anticipate the obstacles that might pop up as you live into these goals? Because they're going to pop up, right? Change is hard. And, you know, some of the things I've learned myself personally, as well as coaching so many other individuals, is that there are a couple of kind of key things that tend to get in our way when we're trying to drive personal change. The first one that's so very common is distractions. So what do I mean by distractions? We talked about this in the last podcast a little bit about one of the distractions is simply busyness, the craziness of our lives and our schedules. And, you know, how do we make sure that we're going to make time to do something new, not just what we know? And so one of those ways is to build time into your calendar. It's time to either vision, like we talked about before, or now that we have the goals, it's time to check in and pause and reflect on how are we doing? I like to do that at least quarterly. If you can, try monthly. For some of you, twice a year might be all that you want to put time for. But I'll tell you, if you want to do epic things, you got to carve out time to check in on your progress. And all those same questions we talked about in the last podcast. How are you feeling? What are you doing? What's different? What's getting in your way? Another thing I'm going to ask you to do is think about, you know, noticing what's getting in your way. If we don't slow down, we miss stuff, right? How often have you raced from like place to place and and wondered even how you got where you got to? You didn't even see, you know, the the goose or the in, in my area, the geese are always crossing the road, right? Sometimes you drive right by, you don't even know. And then you see the sign that says goose crossing. You're like, why is that sign here? Meanwhile, if you slowed down and looked around, you would see them almost every single time you drove by that spot. Silly example, but going through the motions of your day-to-day life, being so busy, we rarely hit the pause button to notice. And so noticing, 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 I'm going to tell you, is the key to doing something different about it. So what do I mean? Noticing when I'm more focused on the tangible things I've got to do today or this week or this month. The things, if you're in a corporate setting, your boss is asking you about, you know, the stuff that routinely everybody expects you to do. You're always going to do those. But do you notice that you do those and You do them because they're easy and you know how to do them. And you don't actually keep doing this stuff that's new. You get a little scared, maybe. You get distracted. So I want to suggest that you practice centering. 
So what do I mean by stuttering? I love yoga, but that doesn't mean everybody's got to go into chanting mode, ohm, and breathe. <laughs> I love that. I think breathing is, is essential. But I'm going to give you one tool as an example for how to notice your distractions. So the tool is this simple. I do this with a lot of my coaching clients, is most of us have some kind of phone that can set a timer. If you do, simply set one minute on the timer. Grab a sheet of paper. You could do this anywhere, folks, anywhere. And set the timer. And when the timer starts going, you simply write down everything that's bouncing around in your mind in no particular order. And that could be everything on your to-do list. You're feeling overwhelmed. It could be all your work stuff. It could be your people stuff. It could be your relationship stuff. It could be like, oh my God, I got to buy milk on the way home. Did the cat throw up and I didn't clean it up? I know it's silly. <laughs> Let's think about it. Uh, we are distracted. So in simply one minute, you basically do a brain dump. And you could do this anytime you're overwhelmed. And I'm not just suggesting this to you all. I do this all the time. Anytime I feel like there's just too much going on and I'm not making progress. And then when you look at that after the minute's up, you might keep writing after the minute, but just a minute, you stop and take a breath. Roll your shoulders back and see how you feel. In most cases with my coaching clients, they feel like so much better just getting it out of their head and onto paper. Then if you have the luxury of another minute, or I would tell you invest in any way, take another minute and now look at your paper. Group things. Decide if I can only take three of these things and focus on these, what matters most? Where do I want to spend my time? Flip the paper over and write those three things. If you had 50 things on the front side of the paper, okay, maybe you write 10 things on the back side. It's your choice, <laughs> your activity. But what it's going to do is quiet your brain down. If you picture it's like, you know, we get so distracted, we have so much going on. It could be like a stage. If you're ever seeing a performance and all the actors and actresses are on the stage at the exact same time. And oh, by the way, the musicians come out of the orchestra pit. They join everybody on the stage. It's chaos. That's what's going on in our brains a lot of the time. And instead, what this one minute drill does is basically like the director jumps up on that stage, claps their hands and says, quiet, everybody, clear the set. And then invites in the actors that need to be on the stage for the next act and quiets everything else down. That's what this activity does. Does that drill make sense to you, Christina? Yes, I love that metaphor. Or is it an analogy? Either way, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the proper, somebody listening will tell us what the proper thing is. <laughs> images, I like to think about it that way, but, but our brains get overloaded. Why is this important in context of stretch goals or epic goals is because when we get overwhelmed, those are the first things that we forget about. Aren't they? Yeah. And that's unfortunate because we need to keep focus on these things. So that's the first potential obstacle that I see often and at least one tool you can use to try to quiet the noise, hit the pause button and minimize your distractions and be really intentional about what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. So I'm going to shift gears and talk about the second one. So the second area that I really think has the most merit. So if you weren't listening to the last one, please listen to this one. <laughs> when we're trying to change and really substantively change, our emotions kick in. Don't they folks? 
It's like, whoa, I'm not good enough. Oh my God, I'm scared. Oh, I've never done that before, right? Or about you're not worthy. Who do you think you are? Anybody else have these voices going on in their head? (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) Yeah, well, for me, it's like, it's crazy noise, right? But what these things are, if we're not in charge, is they're emotional hijacks. Change is hard, okay? It's not a perfect straight line. And if we're really going to grow, if we're going to grow in an epic proportion, we got to learn what these emotions do and don't mean to us. So some people say quiet emotions, don't even listen to blah, blah, blah. I say no. Same way we just did that one minute inventory. I'm going to suggest you actually consider what are all the emotions you're feeling around change X or about today or why am I overwhelmed tied back to the distractions? Are you excited, but you're afraid? Are you, you know, frustrated that you haven't moved the needle far enough? I'm not seeing my annual income, my monthly income yet. That's a stupid, (laughs) right? Okay, I can do that. Then I can be like, that's ridiculous, right? It's like preposterous character. Like, who are you kidding, Diane? You're never going to do that. Well, even if I'm not, I got another voice in my head that's saying, why not? You go, girl. The cheerleader, right? So, you know, unfortunately, I like to, again, use imagery. So let's picture that we're driving down the road about 75 miles an hour, blindfolded. And, you know, we just like let go of the wheel. How many of you would do that? (laughs) No. Anyone? Like, I don't think anyone. Yet when it comes to our emotions and being hijacked, this is kind of what we do. We put ourselves in the passenger seat or the back seat. We just totally take our hands off the wheel and we let whatever emotion is the loudest or the craziest basically drive us. Maybe off a cliff. (laughs) That's a horrible image, right? (laughs) If I just give in to that naysayer emotion about who are you to think you can make your annual income, your monthly income, Diane? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, if you met my family, that's noise around my table. But, you know, instead, it's like, who do you want to invite in that car with you? So let's do that emotional inventory. That naysayer is one of those characters in my car, let's just say, and they're the one driving it. Who are you to think you can do fill in the blank? The fear might also be in the passenger seat. Like, holy cow, what would that take to do that? Oh my God, I'm terrified to go out on my own. I'm not going to declare that. Are you kidding? People make fun of me. That might be who's in the, in the passenger seat. And in the back might be frustration. It's not happening fast enough and self-doubt and all these other things. And I'm in the trunk. I'm not even in the car. <laughs> that same sort of one minute drill we talked about for distractions, you can actually do, and I do this again a lot with my coaching clients, is set that same minute timer. You may not need a whole minute and list out all the emotions you're feeling about this big change you're trying to drive, whether for your stretch goals or your epic goals, depending on where you are. Be honest. You could shred the paper after you write it, but be honest. How scared are you? How worried? What's getting in your way? And then when you look at all those, go back to the car idea and say, all right, I'm the driver. All you emotions, guess what? You serve me. You all have something to tell me. I get to decide who fills the seats in my car. 
And again, of course, I'm talking in, in, you know, story here. Who do I want in my passenger seat? Look at that whole inventory you just took. Which emotions serve you the most for driving this big change? I probably need that cheerleader in my passenger seat. I probably need some of the other positive emotions in my back seat. Do I need that naysayer with me? Is that going to help me at all? At a minimum, I'm going to say that they go in the trunk. <laughs> better yet to play with this story even more because I'm kind of silly like that. Hey, we're driving down the car. Guess what? There's a rest stop over there. I'm going to pull over and drop you off. Fear, shame, blame, worry. I could come back and pick you up. I know where you are. But guess what? You're not welcome in my car because you're not serving me right now. So when you think about who's in the car, you know, let's bring it down now and be more, more specific. This is all about triggers. If you're going to make big change, an important component of this is understanding what your triggers are. What are the triggers that take you back to your old habits and playing small? Know those triggers before they happen. For me, it could be a conversation perhaps with somebody that I love that would say, yeah, but you used to be blah, blah, blah. You used to have this, you know, known income and benefits. As a business owner, there's a lot more risk. Are you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. And that might have scared me because, yeah, that's a voice in my head. But now that somebody I love said it out loud, now it, oh my God, it's front and center. Passenger seat, at least, maybe driver's seat. So knowing your triggers is important and being super honest with what those are. And why is that important? Because then you can surround yourself. Remember what we talked about in the first podcast, having a support structure to help you Consider what are your strategies to mitigate those triggers when they happen? Who can ask you that question to hold you in the space of what's possible? As opposed to saying, you'll never do that. Or, oh my gosh, there's so much risk. So knowing your triggers is really important. And the triggers could be, what are those voices in your head that scream the loudest? Or outside of your head. (laughs) And another piece of the emotional hijacks that I didn't already mention, but I think is important, is with any time we're involved in change or things of significant change, and we really are trying to play a much bigger game, there is a component of mourning that goes along with this. And if you don't do it and you don't allow yourself to grieve, I'm going to tell you it will nag at you forever. And what do I mean by that? In order to play a whole substantive different game, you're going to have to leave some stuff behind. We've all heard about the book, probably, you know, the good to the great, give up the good for the great. What does that mean? If you need to give up the good, you might have something that's already working pretty well. I had that corporate sense, a great job, you know, a good title, all those other things, but I wanted more. There were plenty of people like, are you crazy? Why would you leave this? to go do something unknown. And honestly, that was tough. I needed to mourn leaving behind this construct that had been safe. Certainly the military, leaving the military, there was structure there. I knew how to be successful. I always had a boss and a boss and a boss. So going to the government, the federal government as a civilian, wasn't too much of a stretch. 
because there was still a huge hierarchy, certainly within the Pentagon, of knowing who your boss was and how decisions were made, etc. I didn't really have much space to think. And honestly, that was safe. But when I went to the corporate world, I'll tell you, my first six months was scary as you know what, <laughs> because I had no idea how to navigate in a space that back then didn't even have a work chart. <laughs> I didn't even know who was who. I was a fish out of water. And I had a lot of those voices screaming in my head. And then I mourned the loss of like knowing what I knew, feeling safe and protected and understanding how decisions were made and having to learn a whole new world. But I will tell you, I spent 10 years staying there and I flourished. But those first six months were torture. Looking back, it's like, how did I survive? Of course I survived, right? That's so long ago now. (laughs) But at the time, it could have been overwhelming. And then when I left the corporate world to step out on my own as a business owner, I didn't know how to do that either. And then I mourned the loss of like, oh my God, there's an IT department. <laughs> I think a lot of you can relate to that. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do now that my computer doesn't work. I used to call someone and they came to my desk and they fixed it. Now what do I do? And I know it's, again, a silly example, but if you're going to step out, folks, and really grow, better yet, push yourself towards those epic goals. Please, please, please do this emotional inventory. Put time on your calendar to recognize what you're leaving behind and pulling from the first podcast for the sake of why. What's the future state going to look like and feel like? Why do you want to learn and grow? Who do you want to impact? So mourning what you're leaving behind is an important component and something you're going to have to face if you're really trying to grow in a big, big way. Any thoughts on that? I love one, the idea that we are now we're using a metaphor analogy of literally driving, right? So we're driving our personal change. (laughs) I also love the idea of choosing who we have in the car as well as, and it's funny because I just speaking about TEDx, I just saw a TEDx talk about how to get over a breakup. And they were talking about how it's important to mourn what you're losing and then celebrate what you're gaining. And so I think that applies to so many different areas. And I love that it is applying to applying to moving forward in our goals too. Thank you for that. I, I agree. So all of what we're talking about can be used in a personal context or in a professional context. And that's another thing that I love about, about these tools is to me, I find value in them in all aspects of my life. Exactly. And I share them with others and hope that they'll do the same for all of you. So I'll move on then to the, to the third sort of bucket of obstacles uh, that I have seen get in the way. And the last topic would be your environment. And what do I mean by that? Let's think about who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are the five people that you spend the most time with? If five is too hard for you to answer the question, maybe it could be 10. But there's been some studies done, and you can look these up if you're interested in knowing more, that say you're most influenced by the five people you spend the most time with. So here's another tool I'm going to offer to you. Just take out a piece of paper again and jot down who are these five people or 10 people that you spend the most time with. After you write the names down, what are their aspirations? What are their goals? How do you feel when you're with them? Do you feel small? Or do you feel like you could do anything? 
anything possible when you're in their presence. I say this because this is a, another piece of the mourning process, but sometimes, guys, we have to leave behind an environment we're used to and people, it doesn't mean like dump them out of your life, but they might need to move from your top five list to somewhere lower on your list. And oh, by the way, you might invite brand new people you haven't even met yet into your environment to help you achieve those things that you really want to achieve. And so how does this show up? I'll give an example back to the first podcast. I shared that I set an epic goal of losing 50 pounds. And I did this three and a half years ago. I never had achieved that. I didn't think it was remotely possible. Yet I allowed myself to invite other people into my world to help me pursue that goal. Still not believing that I could do it. But guess what? The coach that I invited in, the health coach I invited in, she didn't just believe it. She believed it until I could believe it. And she said, 50 pounds, girl, that's easy. <laughs> I was like, literally, that's when I first phone call with her. And I was like, you don't know me. Like, if you knew me and it was that easy, I would have done it already. And she was like, you just didn't have the right tools and the right support. It's totally achievable. You will do it. And she wasn't wrong, folks. I mean, at the time, I thought she was full of it. <laughs> Stop bleeping around. That's what this podcast is about. But I didn't just lose 50 pounds. I lost 60 pounds. And I kept those 60 pounds off for three years now. They're never coming back. Yay. But because she believed in me, and I allowed her into my world, and I basically allowed myself to be vulnerable and to admit that I didn't know everything, and that the people that were around me really didn't know it either. Not only was I able to achieve what then was an epic goal for me, now it seems silly. It's laughable because it's three years later and I'm living into it and my life is so much healthier and better. That's a topic for another day, probably. <laughs> I have now decided to step into that space and help be a health coach for other people because I want to help be part of their environment where they don't yet believe it's possible, but I don't not only know it's possible, I'm going to help them achieve it so I can be their cheerleader. So my question to you is who is in your world or who are you inviting into your world who believes that you can achieve your stretch goals or better yet, what you consider to be your epic goals? Are they on your top five list? Do you even know who they are? Or might you be inspired to go seek them out? So I encourage everybody to network for where you want to go. Look in your LinkedIn network, look in who you spend time with, who you have coffee with, who you spend your free time with and ask yourself, are those people who are in your comfort zone right now? Or do some of those people provoke you, challenge you to think and dream and vision and give yourself permission to play a bigger game? Mm, that's motivating. And again, it doesn't just happen, right? So this is one of those things that I encourage you to be intentional about. Because if you're not, and you don't create the environment, the support infrastructure, if you will, to help you grow, then our comfort zone is a pretty comfortable place. We've all talked about that, but all growth begins when you step out of your comfort zone. But how the heck do you step out and stay out? 
How do you step into whole new environments? So I created a vision board years ago, actually in 2015. I thought it was the hokiest idea ever. So I heard about it for like two years and then I never did it. But in 2015, I, I looked at all these different images. I finally decided like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I did it because somebody else did it with me and encouraged me. So there's that like, let yourself grow thing in a silly example. But I still have this vision board. It's actually Aww. sitting right next to me right now. Shows this goldfish leaping from this smaller goldfish bowl to a bigger goldfish bowl. And the goldfish is in midair. And it looks fairly dangerous because if you ever had a goldfish, they can land behind the tank, right? And life is over. Hey, change could happen, right? Scary. But jumping into a new space, into a new environment does have risk. But it sure as heck is not nearly as scary if you allow other people to support you and you have an image of somebody who's already where you're trying to go. So perhaps this podcast and listening to this because Christina brings on all these guests is a, a sort of a virtual way of inviting somebody in to your environment. I know that might sound silly. It's a bit of a leap. It's not just one person, but it's a way of expanding your thinking. Oh, I think it's a great idea, especially if you don't have access to those that, uh, you know, like say you want to be a millionaire and you may not have access to millionaires. So it's a great way to invite other people into your space to be influenced by them. Absolutely. And so the sort of the, the last piece of this environment piece and actually the distractions and the triggers is I want to encourage you tied back to what are those goals and your definition is to give yourself permission to declare these goals out loud, folks. Mm -hmm. Please don't be a secret agent of your goals. Get out there and tell the whole world. If you're terrified to do that, because that's who's in your passenger seat right now. OK, baby steps. Tell your best friend. Tell that person who's you're going to have coffee with and then you're going to, you know, encourage them to grow and they're going to encourage you start somewhere, but say it out loud. If you use social media, declare it. Well, why? Because when you say it out loud, you bring it into action. You're inviting other people to hold you accountable. You're inviting yourself to hold yourself accountable. So what if you walked out and said, I'm going to make my annual income, my monthly income. You might get laughter. You might get other people like, do it. I'm there. <laughs> I'm fully supportive, right? But not willing to help you. I'm, I'm teasing, but it gives it life, gives it breath. The Declaration of Independence didn't exist until it was declared. And it brought it into being and it generated action. It's the same thing if you declare your goals. If you're too afraid to do it, then you're not playing big enough yet. Maybe that could be an audacious goal to work up to. So, so far in this episode, we've covered uh, the distractions, the noise, emotional hijacking and our environment and ways that we can, or strategies that we can address these inevitable obstacles that will arise. Can you share a little bit about your services before we get to our, our final advice piece? Yes, thank you for that. Um, so I've already mentioned, I think, throughout that I coach in several different areas. I do executive coaching, personal coaching, health coaching, but I also facilitate offsites for teams. And I love to be a speaker or to train at different events, really on any topic that has to do with personal growth and development about creating possibilities. That's my favorite place to operate. Awesome. Well, and I know as you are my health coach, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Diane provides awesome services, by the way. Thank you for that. (laughs) So we've talked about in the last uh, two interview episodes, driving personal change. Is there, and you've provided an amazing amount of information and wisdom and strategies. Is there a final piece of advice you'd like to offer our listeners? Absolutely. So I, I think it's important if I say nothing more, and please know your triggers. Know what gets in your way and have some strategies around those. Lean on others for support. Because without other people supporting you, the likelihood that you're going to grow in big ways, it's just way harder. Willpower alone does not work. But the really last thing I want to say that I haven't mentioned up until now is to please also be gentle with yourself as you learn and grow. It is okay to not know everything. You're going to make mistakes, but that's how you're going to learn. And if you're your worst critic, it's going to keep you small. And this is where, again, if we're just trying to do this alone, it's unlikely we're going to be as successful as if we invite other people in to help us grow, to challenge us. And I promise you, if you work in this and keep working at it, you're going to get bolder and bolder and grow and grow. And it's going to be a lifelong adventure for you. That's what I'm trying to do is embrace change on a continuous basis. And I keep evolving and I'm not done, folks. And I hope you aren't either. Oh, I love it. Wise words. Thank you so much for joining us, Diane. It was awesome. Thank you for the opportunity, Christina. To learn more about Diane, visit her website at incadenceassociates.com or connect with her on LinkedIn. Have you ever been trapped by aliens in a military bunker, locked in a coffin, or had to save humanity from an outbreak of the zombie virus? The Escape Leads have. Learn about how to have fun while developing yourself at escapeleads.com. That's escape, L-E-T-E-S dot com.